You're listening to Moving Forward with Dr. Lynn Swanner. Today's podcast is part of the Flourishing Leaders series, where we explore ways to transform your school community. This podcast is a production of the Association of Christian Schools International. Listen and learn more about flourishing at blog.acsi.org. Well, today I'm excited to have the opportunity to talk with Tyler Amidon, who's the middle school principal at Denver Christian School. And I've gotten to know Tyler a bit through some of our mind shift in Christian education work and also the Christian Deeper Learning Conference, which was actually at Denver Christian in February 2020. And that was actually the last conference I attended before the world shut down in March yeah. that year, right? Yes. Um, and Tyler, at every time we've interacted, I've always been struck just hearing you talk about your passion for mentoring students, for really seeing them to grow and flourish to walk with them through challenges, to love them really well. And so we have this construct that emerged in the flourishing schools research as being correlated with flourishing, which is actually mentoring students. And so the definition is staff pointing out talent in each student, helping students see how they fit in God's bigger plan and staff are aware of students' struggles at school or home. So thank you so much for joining me today to talk about this. You bet, you bet. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, so to start off, can you share a little bit about your background as a Christian educator and why this construct is particularly important to you of mentoring students? Yeah, you bet. I um, So I grew up, I'm a, I'm a Young Life kid. My dad was in Young Life for 20, 25 years. And so he was my original example of what mentoring looked like, of what it of what mentoring well looked like. And uh, most of his students, his kiddos were, it was inner city um, in Southern California and then Chicago. And so that was sort of, that's where I, you know, sort of became exposed to um, what mentoring looked like at a very, very early age. Uh, the, the, the kids would come over to the house and, and all that good stuff. And so I saw it when I was little. And then I continued to see it um, through junior high. We called it back then, not middle school. And um, and then my goal and my dream was always to play college baseball. And I wanted to play at a Christian college. I grew up K-12 public schools, um, graduated with 1,100 kids in high school. And um, But I wanted to play at a, at, a, at a Christian college. So long story short, I spent a year at Azusa Pacific wasn't amazing, wasn't the mentoring from the baseball coach that I wanted, to be honest. Um, and so my neighbor said, you need to go check out this school in Grand Rapids, Michigan called Calvin College. I'd never heard of it other than Brad Ipomo went there. So I flew out freshman year um, of college. I knew I wasn't going to stay. I knew I was leaving Azusa at the time. So I flew out and I met this person named Jeff Pettinga the head baseball coach. And within five, I get goosebumps just thinking about it within five minutes. Um, the, 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 it was a done deal. I, I, I could tell this, this person um, elevated mentoring and loving his players way above um, wins and losses and batting average and on base percentage in the RA. I, I, I just, I could feel it in my bones. It was the Holy spirit literally with a two by four upside my head thinking you need to be poured into by this, by this person. 
so there it was. Um, my girlfriend, now my wife at the time, we decided, all right, we'll go to Calvin. And, and just it became more and more prevalent that this person loved me for who I am. School was really hard for me. And um, he just always encouraged me. Um, and, and baseball, I, I was, I mean, honest, I was a pretty good baseball player, so I wasn't worried about that part of it. Um, I started right away and, and started all, all, all the years I was there. Um, but again, he just mentored me and loved me through that, um, loved me through my academic challenges. Eventually, I kind of matured and figured it out, and, and I was fine. But um, the transition, you know, I'm from Southern California, so now I'm a thousand miles or two thousand miles away from my house instead of a hundred miles away from my house. Anyway, so I graduated and I stayed on as um, as an assistant coach. So he mentored me as a coach um, and how to coach and how to mentor players and things like that. So then. I moved out here to Denver Christian and I took all those lessons that I learned from my dad at a young age and my, my baseball coach and my dad are, are literally the exact same age, which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah. And so I took all those lessons I learned from my dad at a young age, all the lessons I learned from Jeff Pettinga. And I started pouring into my, my high school kids at Denver Christian. And then of course my students, when I was teaching, and, and, and mentoring is something that you, you just learn by doing. You can read about it and you can, but you have to do it and, and feel led to do that. And I think the other thing that, um, that I really learned from my dad and uh, my coach was um, a tremendous sense of empathy. And so that word has stuck with me um, well, 30, 35 years now, right? Since, since college. And so I poured into my baseball kids um, and, and little side note, Jeff Penning had such an impact on my life. My son is named after him. So my son's name is Jeff. Um, yeah. And, and we stay in touch to this day, coach Penning and I, I still call him coach, right? Cause I still have that right. mentor mentee mentality. Um, so anyway, that's sort of the background that, that kind of got me started a lot of witnessing of what mentoring looked like and a lot of teaching. I still talk to my dad about it. You know, my dad's 78 and he's, he works with refugees in San Diego and mentors them. And my mom and dad owned an orphanage in, in Mexico forever and mentored those kids. Right. So I've just seen it. It's just been in the air that I breathe. And I'm so passionate about it. Um, anyway, so that's kind of that kind of brings me to to where I am today. That's sort of the background of why this has. This is so important to me. Yeah, so thank you for sharing that background. And then as you, that, you moved into the Christian school setting. Yeah. What what does it look like for for schools to do this well? You know, if for, for those who are listening, you know, what does this actually look like? Um, you know, how are our students really, you know, obviously mentored by adults, but that pointing out talent, seeing how they fit in God's bigger plan, you know, the empathy, being aware of their struggles and walking beside them. What does this actually look like? Yeah, good question. So 
there's a couple of big words that that kind of frame the whole thing. One is you've got to be available. Two, you have to be aware. Three, you have to be super empathetic. Be willing to be empathetic. And four, I think you got to make space. Um, it doesn't just fall out of the sky and happen. It's it's an intentional act. Um, it's a willingness to be open to the Holy Spirit and how it's going to guide you. You can't do it on your own. You need you need the Lord's guidance and strength and encouragement to be to be a mentor. We I mean it's there's there's other ways there's there's kind of other ways to do it. Um, so this is just sort of how that's sort of how I how I think about it. So what I really encourage my teachers to do is, first of all, is that awareness piece. And, and you've got to just sort of you got to see the kid with the hood over his head. That's that's a sign of something. See the kid that always wears their winter coat. Um, the kid that's always every kid's got a story. Every kid walks in here with a story and you can't make any assumptions about their story because the, the analogy that I use for mentoring and when you look at a kid as it specifically relates to looking at a kid's story is it's like the old fashioned keyhole in a door. You, you, all you can do is see through the keyhole. You can't, you can see into the room, but the kid is actually in the room. You, 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 you can only see a portion. You, you think you can see the whole room, but you can't. So, um, so with that being said, with that being said, asking a lot of questions, being aware of if the kid says, the kiddo says, um, um, uh, maybe they're talking about their swimming lessons or their swimming meets or their um, something's going on at home. I mean, you've got to have your radar open and be really, really aware. So awareness is huge. Um, and then, of course, availability. So what you can't just lock yourself in your classroom at break and lock yourself uh, or sit at your desk. You've got to make yourself available. Um, so a couple of my a number of my teachers make themselves available. They decided to coach this year and they're young teachers, they're new teachers, and they they saw their students from a whole new perspective on the basketball court or the volleyball court because they made themselves available to coach. And they, all of a sudden they're having these two, three minute conversations before and after practice and getting this whole new light on this kid that they never knew they, that, that they didn't know, you know, but the, but this again, and it, that's about making space for it. But when all of a sudden they made themselves available to coach, they saw this new, they saw this, wow, this kid's amazing, right? Um, one thing that I do specifically is I am out on recess duty, um, every single day. I take it every day. So as it relates to me specifically, I'm out there and you get these little, literally 25 second conversations where the kiddo just walks up to you. And all of a sudden you're just, you're just chatting, hanging out, learning about their story, learning about their struggles, um, and that, and another thing that I do to make myself available is I have a, a rolling desk that I, so I basically office out of my hallways. 
I have a desk on wheels. I have a big fishbowl full of mints. Kids come up. And even if it's a five-second interaction, that's mentoring. That's saying, I love you. That's a connection point. It's an intentional piece. Again, it goes back to making myself available um, and an awareness. Um, and, and, and the Holy Spirit's going to use that. God, God is going to use that and use that well. Um, and then, and then finally that empathy piece, it is the, the, I, I, I just had a, a preview night for incoming sixth grade families. So we got about 85, 88 or so incoming sixth graders and talking to those, talking to their families. Um, it is not easy being 10. It's not easy being 10 in general, it's really not easy being 10 in 2022. Um, and there, I have such empathy for that. I see such a struggle with those kids. Social media, our kids have no chance, right? They need our mentorship. They need our guidance. And I tell our families all the time as part of the empathy side of mentoring is their emotions are, are one cell deep under their skin. And they could cry or they could laugh at any moment or they could do both at the same time. It's their bodies and brains are going bananas and we need to have real empathy for that and be available for that and hear that, hear that struggle. But then also the flip side of that coin is when you have an opportunity to celebrate, man, you got to celebrate and you got to celebrate those skills, celebrate those accomplishments celebrate those small wins. That's mentorship too. So it's not just the struggle part. It's also the celebration and laughing together and being silly together. And the teacher's not taking themselves too seriously and me not taking myself too seriously. So we have funny contests around Christmas and spirit day. And um, that's mentoring too. When we kind of reiterate the fact that we're our teachers and and I and me are are on the same level um as the kid but um yeah I again availability awareness super empathetic making space for it being intentional about it um and not just hoping that it happens so anyway yeah thank you for unpacking unpacking those and uh my last question yeah. You alluded to this a little bit, Tyler, is, you know, this is kind of a unique season in education. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's like you said, I, you know, a 10 year old, uh, it's difficult. Actually, my youngest is 11 and I can yeah. attest to the fact everything that you said, <laughs> anybody's ever had a middle school child or interacted with them, uh, you know, but, but it is uniquely challenging in the season. It's also uniquely challenging for educators. You know, I think about yeah. COVID, the busyness of being an educator, the, just the burnout, so many challenges, and then the challenges the students are, are bringing. So yeah. just for to close, just to share some of your thoughts on those challenges, some encouragement on how uh, educators can kind of work past them, particularly in this season. Yeah, you know, the, the pandemic has really um, made that extra challenging, whether, you know, last year we had a cohort. So it made for that sort of that cross pollination of all our grades, because you can mentor from kid to kid, right? I had one sixth grader say to me the other day, he fell and two seventh graders helped him up and he called them, the sixth grader called them upperclassmen. <laughs> so, so 
Um, so that lack of the lack of cross with the pandemic has really made it challenging. Um, we uh, one of the challenges we we have faith families. So once we we don't do it during the pandemic, but pre-pandemic, once a month our entire student body we get together. Our our seniors were the mentors of our faith family, and in the faith family was a junior, a sophomore, a freshman, all the way down to a kindergartner. That was a family. And the seniors were the mentors, and they led the devotions, they led the worship, they led the service projects, whatever they happened to be doing that. And we we don't do that now due to COVID. So that is that's a huge problem, right? Because that was such an integral part. So that is definitely a challenge. And you know, and and honestly, pandemic or not, there's a sense of of the of the urgency of to get through the curriculum and meet the standards and be ready for the standardized tests and score well and cover the material by the end of the school year. Um, and so those, those can be, those are real. I mean, that, that's no joke. Um, and so sometimes those squeeze out the stuff, frankly, that, that is equally, if not more important, that social emotional piece. Um, I, I would imagine school resources are a challenge. So this year, um, I hired a full-time counselor for just the middle school. Well, if a school doesn't have those resources and the ability to do that, that's got to fall on someone else's plate, right? So um, Mrs. Cater, so Tara, um, she goes in and teaches classes on social emotional learning to all our students. Well, if you don't have those resources, either it doesn't happen or someone else has to do that, which means it's added to someone else's plate. Um, she researches like crazy. And so she researched some stuff, things to be on the lookout for when a kid's all of a sudden down the dump, dumps or your peers notice that, man, one of my classmates is just not the same as they used to be. If you don't have those resources, if you don't have the time in your school day, the intentional time in your school day, those don't happen. So those are real challenges. Um, and then you just have, honestly, you have um, just different personalities in teachers. You know, so some teachers, it the mentoring piece comes so naturally to them. And some, it's just, it's a little more of a challenge. And so my job is to kind of help them figure out, okay, what skills soft skills, hard skills, do you have that we can use to leverage in that mentoring? So, um, for example, one of our teachers um, loves chess and things like that and uses that instead of that little, those little quiet conversations, chess now is sort of that opportunity to bring uh, that person together um, with students. And that is absolutely a mentoring. So just trying to fit one of the challenges. So that my, the direct answer is a challenge might be finding places where the skills of your teachers match an opportunity to mentor. So you have to, that, that doesn't just happen. You have to kind of figure out where does their puzzle piece fit into the bigger puzzle? Cause not all mentoring looks the same, right? And um, that's really important to understand too, because Students, 
students, the mentee, they, they're not all ready and willing to be mentored the same way, right? They, they have very specific ways, whether they can articulate it or not, they have very specific ways that they're willing to be mentored, right? Some, it's really safe over a chessboard, hanging out at lunch, um, going to basketball, joining a basketball team. And then some really are open to the one-on-one conversation, right? They're just, for whatever reason, that that fits well with them um, and, and sort of their style of being mentored. So you have to kind of figure out what skills do I have as mentors in my building, me personally, my counselor, um, and then what are the needs of the students? And so how can we get all that um, uh, to kind of fit together? Um, but the bottom line is it, it doesn't happen. Um, just falling out of the sky. Um, so a challenge might be to, to really recognize that it needs to be intentional and to kind of push through that. Um, so anyway, that's, that's sort of my response to challenges, curriculum, time, um, an awareness of all staff. How does, how do the puzzle pieces all fit together? so that each student every day is known, loved, and seen um, in their way that fits well with them. Um, so anyway, that, that would be my, that, those are our challenges. I love the idea of that, that image of the puzzle pieces of the teachers and their students and kind of finding where that connection point is and yeah. really like believing if, if we're open to it as educators and we intentionally, you know, make that space and that time that, that yeah. really, God has placed your teachers and your students in the school really for such a time as this, right? Esther, 14, like that community that God has provided, he's going to meet all, all of our needs. And I also loved how you talked about social emotional learning being key. And just to mention something on that note, we actually later this spring, 2022, have a new ACSI leading insights coming out on mental health and well-being, which includes oh, addresses school counseling and supporting students in those areas and also educators who are Great. under a lot of stress. So we'll actually be sending that to all ACSI schools and, and that addresses a lot of those pieces around well-being and supporting students. So we're hoping that will be really helpful in schools. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah, yeah that'd so, be great. That'd be great. Yeah, so Tyler, thanks so much for joining me today. This has been really inspirational in terms of how we can mentor students well in our schools, overcoming some of those challenges, both in the season and generally. And we really, really appreciate your taking the time to share and you to bet. inspire us. So thank you. You bet. I enjoyed it. Thank you. And for our listeners, thanks for joining us today as well. Please be sure to check the notes on this podcast for additional resources and references related to today's conversation. Podcast notes can always be found on the ACSI blog at blog.acsi.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the blog again at blog.acsi.org, or you can also subscribe on iTunes. While you're there, rate or review the show and spread the word on social media. Thanks for all that you do to move Christian education forward. 